You're listening to The Blank Page Podcast. I'm your host, Paige Patterson, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. This is a space where I get to talk to creatives, entrepreneurs, and storytellers about what it means to be on a creative path, how to deal with the high highs and the low lows, and how to stay well along the way. As a creative myself, I am no stranger to riding the roller coaster, discreetly crying on the subway slash not so discreetly crying in my car, getting in my head, focusing on results, and just not having a good time. So my hope for this show is to create a community where we can all come together, lift each other up, remind each other to have fun, and feel fortified in returning to that proverbial blank page again and again. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy today's episode. Hi guys, happy Monday. Welcome to episode 15 of The Blank Page. What? How? How are there already 15 episodes? I have no idea, but I'm really enjoying doing this. So thank you for being in this space. Um, Today's episode is so, so exciting with Jane Beard. She did the cover art, as I mentioned, for the podcast, and she's so talented and we talk a little bit how about how we met and um, she's just super special and I think it's so cool to have um, artists and creatives of all mediums on here because you really do learn and see to believe that it's all kind of the same, you know, maybe like the nitty gritty of how you uh, make the art is not the same, but the impetus is all the same, so I think that this is a super fun, inspiring episode, and I'm loving doing these um, remote ones. You know, like maybe the sound quality isn't as ideal as if someone was sitting right here in my living room. I mean, we're dealing with Wi-Fi, and some people have mics, some people don't, but I think it's so cool to listen to a conversation that two people are having on different coasts. I just think that's awesome. I hope that you all are doing well, staying staying sane during the holidays um, and, you know, everyone's gearing up for travel and doing last minute gifting and it's a little bit wild, but um, I hope that you're finding some joy and childlike wonder and maybe even a little bit of excitement. Also, um, I just have to plug that I was so fortunate to get to be a guest on one of my favorite podcasts this week, um, this past week, the Expanded Podcast with Lacey Phillips. Um, I was a guest on episode number 73. So if you want to hear a little bit more about me, I mean, as if you do listening to this one, but um, if you want to hear a little bit about the to be magnetic work that I talked about in episode 13. And um, I really talk about getting in depth with the process and how it's worked for me over the past three years. I highly recommend checking it out. Also, I mean, that's just a great, great podcast. And for those of you who are now listening to this podcast, after hearing me on that podcast, welcome to this space. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Let me know if there's any way that I can help you along in your journey or um, if there are any guests you'd like to see on here, anything like that. Thank you guys so, so much for being here for 15 episodes. It means so much and 
I was just journaling this morning about how grateful I am to have a vehicle where I can support and give love to other creatives while nurturing myself. So I'm so, so grateful for this. You guys enjoy Jane. I know you will. She's just the most loving, gentle presence. And I know you're going to fall for her as hard as I did. Have a great week and uh, stay sane. Listen, guys, Friday the 13th got us good. Yes, it did. It did. (laughs) Did a beautiful interview this morning via Zoom. Jane is at her home in Brooklyn. I'm at my home in LA. And it did not record for whatever reason. The recording got messed up. But you know what? I'm so grateful to you yeah. for being game for round two. Of course. I get to talk to you more. That's the That's best. That's what I was going to say. I was like, I really <laughs> enjoyed talking to you. So. I know. Same, same. Yeah. And I mean, we're talking <laughs> about creativity and art. This is just another example of like, okay, he did the first draft. Right. Do it exactly. again. Yep. Trust that yep. it's still going to be good. Exactly. exactly. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so I am talking to the lovely Jane Beard of Quiet Creature. Jane and I had the pleasure of meeting um, on the show Brain Dead that I worked on. Jane was my friend Mary's stand-in. And I mean, that was a fun show, right? It was so was much fun. So I loved fun. it. <laughs> that was but great. I've been starting these interviews with compliments and Jane is just this beautiful, peaceful presence. I mean you just radiate warmth and love and, you know, sets can be a crazy place. And you were always someone who was like a lovely anchor. So nice to talk to. And I mean, she's stunning. You guys, she looks like Anne Hathaway, which you just play. She just played everybody. If you haven't watched Modern Love on Amazon, I highly recommend it. It's very touching, but she played the young Anne Hathaway and the beautiful one that Anne Hathaway did about bipolar disorder. So yes, yes. check her oh, out. Wasn't it good? It was so, so good. And Anne's performance in that just. It's amazing. Kind of, it, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. As always. I mean, she's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Those were such nice things to say. And I feel the exact same way. I actually forgot to mention this in uh, round one. In the OG. Um, yeah, in the OG. Um, <laughs> But I remember there was one day, it just came to me, we were on set and I was at the crafty area, which is where you get snacks. And um, you came in and you complimented my converse. And <laughs> I just thought like, that is so nice. I don't, it, it, it was just a very like clear glimpse into the wonderful and kind person you are because, Aww, thank you. As a, you know, as a stand-in, you know, I feel like we sometimes like our job is to be kind of invisible. invisible. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you saw me, which made me feel really loved and appreciated. And um, I, I think that speaks worlds to who you are as a person. So thank you. I forgot to mention that. So I'm glad thank I get to so say much. it. <laughs> you're so welcome. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like when you, when you're starting out as an actor, you're just auditioning and you know, you've been in drama school or whatever, and you just kind of mm-hmm. have your head up your own ass. And when you first get to like, a proper set or have the privilege of, um, you know, going back to a set again and again with a recur or a regular or whatever. It's amazing to see how many people go into the job. And mm. I think it's really humbling and good. And I always, I love that there are so many people and 
I, you know, always look forward to getting to know everyone, not just, you know, principal cast. You do. do. I, I saw that on set and I was like, that's what it should be. You know, that, that is just the way that all people should be on set, you know, just kind to everybody and, and that was you. So. Well, I was so lucky to have Mary, I feel like. Oh, yeah. She's the dude. same way. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing that a number one on the call sheet could be yeah. that chill, down to earth, yes. magnanimous, fun. Yeah. That really opened my eyes because I think before that I had just been on stuff with like, you know, male, right. older male number ones taking themselves so seriously. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, that was a huge gift, but. Yeah, absolutely. Mary is just the best. I, I loved working with her. Yes. So much. We so got to get her on here. She yeah. I'm it's amazing. Um but yes, back to Jane. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't be sorry. Not even I mean, not only are you this amazing person, but you're also an incredibly talented artist. And Jane is responsible for the cover art for the podcast, which it was so fun working with you on that. And I was like blown away (laughs) by the end result. And um, I'm I'm just so grateful for you. Oh, well, same here. That was, you're like a dream client. So that was wonderful. (laughs) Thank you. But let's get into... Little Tiny Jane. What was Little Tiny Jane like? What are some of your earliest (laughs) memories of creating? Was it something you always knew you wanted to do professionally or did it just start as something that you kind of did in your, you know, childlike way? What what are some of your most magical memories? Um, I've been drawing ever since I was a little kid. I don't remember ever not drawing. Um, The early drawings were Probably not great. Or they were. Or they were. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Um, But my parents always said that I was always, I was very quiet and I was always in a corner with a notepad and a pencil or crayon or whatever. And um, it was always kind of creating visual stories. Um, I mentioned this before, but I have this like whiteboard that you could draw with markers and then just erase it and I would spend hours with that thing in my room just like drawing these stories and I draw was it really big or was it small it was big it was pretty big like fascinating (laughs) to think of a tiny child with like a huge yeah huge whiteboard (laughs) and I loved it because I had all these stories in my head and I I drew them Mm. um and the it was so freeing to draw these scenes and then erase them and then on to the next scene and that was kind of I don't know, my way of telling a story. And I don't know why I felt the impulse to do this. Um, But I have like those yellow notepads also just filled with drawings. And um, yeah, I've I've just always been never not drawing. Wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then we talked about this, but you, let's talk about your journey from, you grew up in Dallas. I did. Yes. <laughs> Texas. Let's talk about your journey from Texas to New York, coming into your own as an artist, your training. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I uh, left Dallas when I was 18 to go to school in North Carolina and um, spent two years there, kind of realized this wasn't the best fit for me. It felt mm. a little bubble-like and I wasn't really being challenged. And um, it was a challenging 
academic environment, but right. in terms of socially and uh, and what was your major? Oh, I was a studio art major there That's as well. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it was always just it's always been something I wanted to do, and I wanted to take it to the next level. Um, I forgot to mention this. I uh, did an internship in D.C. for a semester. Cool. That was kind of a good um, introduction to city life. And yeah, I was gonna say yeah. like going from you know Dallas is a big city too, yeah, but yeah. going from you know two places in the south to going to a place that's very urbane must have been. Did yes. that get you hyped <laughs> about living in a city? So hyped! I yeah. was ready. I was just like, I'm transferring. I I don't know if I have that power now. Maybe. But I was so determined to get to New York. I just was like, I have to do this. I don't. Wow. I just have to. And I applied to transfer and um, transferred to NYU and made amazing friends. Had great professors. It changed my life, and I feel really grateful um, to have had that experience and yeah. to have gone to a school like that. It was yeah. just the best for me. Yeah. And we talk about it a lot as actors, but do you feel like? Um having studied studio art, do you feel like now that you're on your own and you have this, you know, your own business and your own art, do you feel like there was a lot that you had to unlearn? Oh, yes. From your training? <laughs> yeah. Um, NYU's program is fantastic. Uh, it's very uh, conceptually heavy. Mm. Uh, so they are very much asking the questions, you know, why, why did you choose that color? Why this material, why mm. that uh, composition. Um, and sometimes you really don't know the answer and you You're just like, have to, I, I don't did. know. It felt right. <laughs> right. I like that color. I don't yeah. know. Um, but they almost kind of, to a point that um, can be uh, paralyzing as yeah. an artist. Um, uh, we were talking about Angelica's interview on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And just the, the eight-year-old brain and how you have to unlearn a lot of the things that you learn in school to get back to that childlike experimental, just kind of that gut feel that I want to paint this. And I, I don't really have a reason, but I'll figure that out later. Um, right. It's very hard to get out of that mindset as an adult and having gone through that training. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now what are some of the, um, practices, rituals, whatever you do to stay in touch with that inner child and to stay kind of like juicy and excited as an artist? How do you kind of get out of your head, get out of your own way? What helps you do that? It's so difficult Um, (laughs) because you are your own worst critic, you know. Um, I was just talking with a friend about that last night. We were like, wow, I think our whole thing about existence is like learning how to get out of my own way and be what the good Lord made me to be. like <laughs> Just be a person. Yeah. yeah. Be messy, be imperfect. And it's, um, it takes, especially having grown up in the South, uh, <laughs> yep. that it takes a lot of unlearning to be messy and be, you know, to experiment and be a little weird and like, uh, but to do that. And I think New York is a great place for this. Um, I take a lot of walks in my neighborhood. I, really try when I'm out and about on the subway or just walking around to look at people, not in like a creepy way, but just like appreciate people's presence. And you see, you catch these moments and things about people here, especially. And 
um, it's so beautiful. And I think bringing myself out of my head, out of my apartment, because um, I work from home yeah. and grounding in this place and seeing these little moments is so uh, creatively fulfilling. Um, and it gives me so much to draw from. Uh, yeah, I think that yeah. that's probably my best uh, medicine for getting out of my head. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Curious. And yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm just so impressed with that. I feel like depending on where you're at mentally in New York, it can either be like a major energy suck or you can use yeah. it to regain energy and get momentum. And I love that. Yeah. And it's, it's trickier as we're all so obsessed with phones and <sighs> we use them. I think a lot of times in New York, I find myself using it as a, a protective kind of element. Like if I'm on my phone, no one can talk to me, which is so right. stupid. <laughs> right. It's a safety. It safety is. Net. Um, and I have to consciously put my phone in my pocket, take my earbuds out and just be on the same page, you know, just like, you know, it's so easy here to just kind of isolate yourself digitally. Totally. (laughs) And this, you know, it's so important to just remember like, Hey, that person's a person and you're a person and, you know, get off of your phone. I know. Like how many missed connections and opportunities do we have now? Because we're just yeah. Oh, in our phones. Even I took a like I took a lift the other day mm-hmm. somewhere, and it was like nighttime. And I, you know, usually you're in a lift and you're just on your phone. Like it's uncomfortable to be like in a car with a stranger. Yes. But I just was looking out the window, and you know, it's Christmas time. And I mm-hmm. driving through LA, I was like, oh my god, look at everyone's Christmas decorations. I yeah. saw like various holiday parties happening on people's terraces, and I was like, wow, there's a whole world that I am missing probably 85% of the time. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Like, and that, that's that feeling of like, oh, you know, I need to be an active participant <laughs> in yeah. this. I, I need to appreciate these moments. And like I was in the subway the other day, and there was a girl uh, with her headphones on, but she was just kind of staring off into space. And mm-hmm. I just caught it for a second. I was like, how cool is that? Like, you just caught this moment. Of, this sounds so creepy. But like, no, not at know, all. Like, you know, she, what is she thinking about? You know, yeah. or, like I saw a, a bright green key that was on the floor of one of the subway cars. And I just created this whole narrative in my head of like, my gosh, this person lost their key. Yeah. You know, what's it for? Why is it this bright metallic green? Like, you know, all these, and those beautiful little moments that I think get lost if you're just on your phone. Ugh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Anyway. Also, it reminded me, you said you take walks. There's this jewelry designer named Kateoka. Hmm. And um, when I worked at Capward, a lot of his stuff is there, but he says his second brain is in his legs because he goes uh, out for walks. And love that. The inspiration. Love that. Yeah, it, it really is it's the best medicine for mental health. Like I, yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So I know that you, you know, you do walks and all this stuff, but what, what are you consuming to -hmm. stay inspired? It can be from any medium, any creative medium, you know, in terms of, um, books, podcasts, Mm -hmm. TV shows, um, you can talk about museum visits. What yeah. do you do to stay full? Yeah, well, I I love a good museum visit. Uh, that always is so inspiring. Um, yeah, we we're talking about the Met and uh, 
the Greek and Roman sculpture room and you can just so sit beautiful. and sketch. Yeah. And oh, it's so cool. And my favorite wing is the impressionist wing and <sighs> they're my friends, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, no, not at all. <laughs> like visiting an old friend. Um, and then outside of art, uh, I mentioned going to a Daniel uh, Kitson that is his name, I'm pretty sure. Yes. <laughs> but it's my first time seeing him. But he's a storyteller, a writer, and a comedian, and just a brilliant performer. And his show was last night, and it was two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Took you down this whole journey um, about the show last night was about the things we keep, like little objects, and like why we keep things, and wow. what they hold for us, and like the psychology around that. And I just left feeling so full and so inspired. Um, so just trying to get out. I mean, it's good to see the art in museums and galleries, mm-hmm. but it's also so beneficial to um, go to a show, go go see music. Music is hugely inspiring. My partner's a musician and um, I, I get so inspired seeing him perform or seeing one of our favorite musicians perform in the city. And yeah. that's uh, right. I didn't realize you, you're both creative. So you're both, <laughs> you're both on that journey together, which must be so nice. It is. Yeah. I find it to be very helpful. I was going to say, it's just nice to have someone who gets it. And um, yeah. we both have weird working schedules mm-hmm. and really understanding. And um, yeah, it's such a beautiful balance. Um, and I'm hugely inspired by him. He's a, he's a great writer as well. And, um, we like to go see lots of different kinds of things in the city, uh, to stay inspired. Yeah. 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 Uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, I I was just saying you mentioned books and. Oh yeah. Um, books. I, I didn't mention this before, but, uh, to get inspired, if I'm making a painting just for myself, um, Mm -hmm. I love reading poetry that, because uh, yeah, poetry and painting to me are very similar, um, just in the way you think about a painting and a poem. Poems are so visual. Um, yeah, I, I find a lot of inspiration there. And podcasts. I for my business, I listen to a lot of business podcasts. I listen to yeah. your podcast um, <laughs> to stay inspired. And um, Lacey Phillips, who you are on, I'm so excited I for that. That's so cool. Oh. <laughs> came out today. Yeah. yeah, I'm so I'm gonna listen to that right after this. Aww. But yeah, so I'm, uh, those kinds of podcasts kind of ground me and I, it's, it's a good check-in. Um, yeah. You're like, oh yeah, you know, breathe. <laughs> like, totally. Um, sometimes when I'm working, I'm holding my breath. It's so weird. And then I just have to be like, I listen to these podcasts and I'm like, okay, just come back, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's, those are my inspiration, fill your cup kind of things. What about when you're working? Do you listen to music or do you like it to be quiet? It depends. Um, I listen to a lot of NPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, especially with uh, the impeachment hearings right now, it's, <laughs> it's a little overwhelming and I have it to really turn it off. Is. It really is. It's, it's nonstop. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And it just becomes white noise to me after a while. I really mm-hmm. try and pay attention, but um, it can be a little disheartening and upsetting. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do listen to a lot of music. Um, Music is really crucial because it can really put you in a headspace. Um, yeah. So it kind of depends on my mood. I'm feeling really emo and yeah. <laughs> break out some Phoebe Bridgers or like yeah. uh, 
you know, if I'm feeling super happy, I, I listen to the Beatles because I grew up on them. And yeah. That's all just kind of mood based, but music's a huge, huge part of my work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of, um, I mean, you said you grew up on the Beatles. Were your parents into art as well? And have they always been supportive of you pursuing this path? Or, you know, has it been kind of a thing where they're a little bit freaked out at times, as many parents of artistic (laughs) children are? Um, You know, my mom says that she's not creative, but she 100% is. um, Of course. Yeah, she works in real estate, but her real passion is... um, taking old homes and remodeling them. Um, Which is art. <laughs> oh, like she can look Full at a room. Yeah, she can look at a room and say, all right, if we take out that wall and push it out a little bit and then do an archway, you know, and I'm just like, yeah. I have no brain for that. Yeah. Um, she's so creative with space and color and texture and um, so gifted in that way. And then my dad is a musician um, who also works um, – in advertising and marketing. So he has this kind of double brain of um, incredible guitarist, uh, incredible singer songwriter. And so I grew up going to his shows and I would go um, to his sound checks and uh, I was around music a lot as a kid. Um, And I would draw while he played music. (laughs) And now you're with a musician. Right. It always comes closer. Yeah, it does. It really does. Um, but yeah, so I, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I, they are very, have always been super supportive of what I'm doing. And I'm really, really lucky for that. Yeah. Um, my dad is my biggest cheerleader. Um, and my, my mom uh, also is a huge cheerleader, cheerleader, but um, goes back and forth sometimes. I think she does want to make sure I'm you know, doing something stable. Right, (laughs) right. It's the stability, right? It all comes down to fear. It's like, it's not that no one supports artists' dreams. They're just like, oh my gosh, is my child going to be able to feed themselves and retire? Like, that'd be cool. Exactly. Yeah. And I think she just wants the best for me and um, she's amazing, but they have always been my biggest cheerleaders and proponents of my work. So I, I, I'm so grateful for them. I love oh, them. That's so much. nice. Yeah, they're the best. <laughs> well, and we talked a little bit about this mm-hmm. before, but you know, I find what you do so interesting because and I guess it's similar for actors as well, but there's there's this aspect of, you know, that you create these things for yourself and you have your own art, but now you have a business. And um how do you balance your business and creativity. And I'm wondering now hearing what your parents do, I'm wondering if that has been helpful at all. You know, the fact that your dad is a musician, but also works in advertising. Uh Do you find it difficult to balance, you know, the unbridled creativity (laughs) with kind of the business brain? Absolutely. Um, And that that's, I never thought about that, but my parents definitely have a huge influence and in that respect. Um, yeah, it's, I, I think it's very difficult for me. Um, I have this conversation with my partner all the time of, you know, making sure the business side, I do enjoy it very much, but I don't want it to define what I do. Yeah. Um, because my art is, is my soul. That sounds so cheesy out loud, no, but it's true. <laughs> but it's true. It's what keeps me ticking. And, um, the business, you know, it's a way for me to be creative and make a living and also tap into this other side of me that really loves um, 
conceptual branding. Um, yeah, I feel like my dad and I are very similar in that way. He has this kind of amazing visionary business mind while also being super creative and very skilled in music. And yeah. um, I, I, I connect with that and that I, I worked in fashion design. Uh, I didn't mention that last time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. yeah. So I've had a really weird path. Um, <laughs> I, I worked in fashion design. I thought that's what I could do and then pay the bills and then pursue my art outside wow, of so this was after <laughs> NYU. Yes. Mm-hmm. Got into fashion design. I did, yeah. Did so you worked... do internships that got you into that or? No. Um, before that, I, I was working for a sculptor and then I went back to school. What? For a... I know, it's so weird. I, Wait, back... I love this. <laughs> yeah, I worked for a sculptor in Brooklyn um, for like during school and then after school. And then I thought, oh, I think I want to go into fashion, just like all over the map. Um, yeah. And uh, did that and got a job at Lord & Taylor um, designing men's sweaters. What? Um, I know. I, I didn't just, I mean, I was an assistant, but. Uh, that's so cool. It was crazy. I learned so much. Um, but that's kind of where I got the, the bug or the taste for uh, conceptual design. Um, yeah. I think where I thrived in that role, I, I did a lot of nitty gritty, like, you know, making Excel spreadsheets with trim information. That was just, yeah. it was so clear. I was horrible at it. Don't horrible. want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I got into um, designing kind of the look and feel of what the next season's collection would be. I did a lot of mood boards, which was just totally up my alley. I loved creating a visual story. And yeah. um, I think I carried that into this business of working with brands to bring their brand story to life visually, whether that's murals or windows or um, cards, logo, like, you know, it's, yeah, I think that's where that comes from. But um, I have to work very hard to nurture my eight-year-old creative brain (laughs) Um, um, because she very much wants to paint with oils. And um, I really, I I need to be better and I'm going to work on it the end of this year and into next year, but carving out that time to be a capital P painter. Um, wow. And uh, just go back into that because it, it, it's why I got into all of this in the first place. And so easy to get distracted by the client projects. And um, as fun as they are, uh, you can forget to nurture your, your soul a little bit. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, yes. Absolutely. Tough balance, but yeah. How do you, I mean, the show is called The Blank Page. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you are dealing with The Blank Page all the time. How do you approach starting a new project? I'm sure it's different. Maybe you can get into how you start a project when it's, um, you know, a collaboration and a business thing versus when you mm-hmm. start a new project for yourself. So uh, for a business thing, it's very much a lot of dialogue with the client and kind of getting a feel for what they're looking for. I like to have them give me examples of things they've seen that they like or colors or flowers or, you know, um, help them articulate what's in their head so that I can take that to the next level. Um, So that's how I deal with the blank page on that. (laughs) And it'll be a lot of, you know, it'll be a few sketches. more dialogue and then 
I'll make the final and maybe do a few more tweaks depending. Um, so th that's more of a structured process. And then with the personal stuff, it's very much a, like, I just can't overthink it. I just have to do. Um, yeah. And sometimes that takes a lot of like pre-sketching to just like wrap my head around being free and creative yeah. and then getting to the canvas, which is super scary. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. Yeah. But then having those sketches with me to be like, okay, well, here's where my head was at. I'm just going to dive in and yeah. see, where this, see where this takes me and um, not overthink it. That's the most important. Like you can't, if you overthink it, you're just going to freeze and you're not going to get anywhere. Um, yeah. 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 How do you, in terms of, you know, dealing with highs and lows when you are in a low and you feel frozen, how do you keep yourself from overthinking or are there kind of things that you have to restart your engine? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what do you go to? Um, I think talking about it with someone is super helpful. Like oh, talking, yeah, whether it's like yourself or um, right. a mentor or your partner or a close friend who you know you can trust and they'll give you feedback, but they won't be judgmental. Um, I think that's so important because there are people out there who um, maybe you can talk to, but their feedback, you know, it can be critical, right? It should be supportive, like non judgmental, neutral. Yeah. Uh huh. And I, I think that's a great way to. Um, yeah, to, to get the feedback you need to keep that momentum going. Just yeah. so you can get so wrapped up in your head, um, staring at a blank, whatever, yeah. um, with no, I don't know, you just get in this you know, head spiral and sometimes talking of articulating it, especially with art, because you're so in your head or even mm -hmm. journaling about mm -hmm. it. Journaling really helps with me. Sometimes I just need to like write out all my anxieties and then I'm like, all right, that's out of the way. Clear the space. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. What do you think is the biggest hindrance to your creativity? Um, <laughs> email, like all the nitty gritty stuff of running a freelance business um, that they don't really talk about a lot on yeah. Instagram or, yeah. uh, you know, it's all these beautiful images of someone's studio and, you know, their glorious, you know, natural light and uh, <laughs> their plants. And you're like, well, that's nice. But um, right. you know, when the reality sometimes is you have piles of papers around you and it looks like a mad scientist lives in your apartment. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it's a lot of uh, writing contracts. That's been a, a big learning curve for me. I'm not very good at uh, the nitty gritty of it. So that's been something I've had to learn. Um, and then, you know, chasing invoices sometimes um, can be really taxing on my, on me energetically. Cause oh, yeah. I, it's so, it can be very hurtful. Um, yes. When, you know, your, your emails are being ignored or it, it, things like that. It can just yeah. you know, take a toll on your self-worth and but well, just, we are holding space for you <laughs> to have representation in 2020 yes. so you no longer have to deal with any of that. Exactly. And yes. you can just run free and not have to finagle your worth and right. write up contracts and do all that. Yes. That is so That's difficult. Great. And obviously, like, it's a good exercise and it's coming to you probably for a reason, but Mm -hmm. let's just get that out of your way. Yeah, it was definitely a, a good, ex yeah, it's, it's, it's been a little bit more of that this year as work has picked up, but it's, mm -hmm. it's a good, it was kind of a good, like, 
all right, you trip and fall a little bit and you get back up and you're like, I won't do that again. And that's yeah. really what owning a business is all about. It's like, well, not going to do that again. Right. <laughs> and I don't think it ever stops. I think it just, you know, there's always going to be a learning, something to learn, um, yeah. which is exciting. It's really exciting. Um, and you, be, you kind of become versions of yourself that you didn't think were there, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, yeah. 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 Well, for those of you who don't know, Jane has an Instagram. It's Quiet Creature, the name of her business. It's so beautiful. Um, I'm so inspired by it. But I want to know, it sounds like your business has been growing a lot. How, how did that all come to be? Did you have to work hard to get it off the ground or was it something that grew organically? And how do you think, um, what do you think has brought you the most success, whether that's targeted or just happened? Um, you know, I've been very lucky in that um, Instagram has really been a great resource for um, attracting certain clients. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just been amazing in that way. I feel very lucky. Um, but I guess it, it all kind of picked up momentum. I was basically painting uh, these images of women with flowers on their faces, which is a, a motif that you see a lot nowadays. And um, what I was doing wasn't particularly special, you know, in terms of that, but uh, I think I was, um, I created them at a time when I was in kind of a rough place in a relationship and was feeling kind of voiceless. And so the flowers took on that meaning for me. um, And I started posting them to Instagram and, and then um, the 2016 election happened and uh, the flowers kind of started to take on a new meaning, a more kind of feminist political meaning of, not having a voice, but also flowers being the symbol of delicacy and strength and resiliency. And um, that kind of took off organically as I started to use it in a more uh, political, um, kind of speaking my mind kind Mm -hmm. of way. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and that's when it kind of started to take off. And then I took a little bit of a a break from the political content um, because it can be a little... I hate to say this, but a little emotionally taxing. Yeah, and sometimes I'll sure. throw it. Yeah, if I get really heated about something, sometimes I'll, I'll throw something up um, on my Instagram now. And uh, it resonates with a lot of people. And I still want to keep doing that. Um, but now I've kind of directed, or I don't know, my business has evolved a little bit more to be a little more custom artwork, a little more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, we were talking about this earlier, but uh, the business, I don't, I kind of get down on myself that it's taken so many directions, but I think that's part of what a business is. It's not absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, Absolutely. And it's like, it's great that it's, that's happening now before you do have representation or all these other people to answer to, like it can be whatever you want it to be. Right. right. And it can, you know, you're free to have it grow and evolve, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like to think of it as this kind of like this thing you're nurturing and watching it grow and, um, yeah, it's, I really didn't expect, uh, this specific path, but I'm open to, I'm open to what's going to come next. So, yeah, I yeah. feel like you're doing so much and you've done so much <laughs> over the past few years. What are some examples of, um, the kind of stuff that you've been doing in terms of partnerships, in terms of your own stuff? Um, I want to get into the live events that you're doing. Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah so, um, this past year, uh, I 
was approached by Stacy's Pita Chips to do um, some artwork for this uh, kind of a limited edition series of bags that um, for every bag that you purchase, um, they would donate money to helping women get their businesses started. So cool. Um, I think specifically in the food industry, I'm, I'm, I have to double check on that, yeah. but I, I'm pretty sure it's mostly in the food industry. And um, so they gave each illustrator a theme and mine was nourishment. So I used the flowers Ooh, as a metaphor. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, I was like, this is totally up my alley. Um, yeah. Of like nurturing yourself, you know, so that you can give to your business and to others. Um nourishing other people around you, being generous. And, you know, I don't know, it's just a great, I loved the, the message. I love the company. Um, yeah, that was one of my favorite experiences this year. And I'd love to do yeah. more stuff like that. Um, and they were great because they kind of just let me dictate the direction of the, the piece, which that's, that's amazing. A, that's a dream. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. That was awesome. And then, um, after that, I started working with um, some fashion companies here in New York, which is fun. Um, like Ted Baker, um, amazing. Maj, which is a Parisian brand, um, yeah. window art for them. And um, I'm sure there's more and I'm, I'm blanking. But uh, yeah, so doing work with companies like that has been new and really fun, really wow. interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. And then you do a lot of bespoke work for yes. portraits and mm -hmm. pet portraits and mm. yeah. And yeah. then I feel like now you've been getting booked for live events to do stuff yes. like that. Yes. That has been, that's one of my favorite parts of the whole business. And um, it's really fun, really challenging, very different for me because I'm, I'm more on the introverted side and I love talking to people. I love people. Um, but being in that kind of a situation definitely drains me. Um, mm -hmm. But it's one of my favorite things to do for sure. Totally. I feel yeah. like if you know that it's like finite, then you can deal with the drainage and be prepared. Right. You're like, okay, three hours. I can do yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Well, you talked about being introverted. I want to hear, I think Quiet Creature is the most beautiful name for your business. And I want to hear about the inspiration behind the name and what it means to you. Sure. Um, so when I was little, um, I was kind of, you know, told that I, you know, people tell you like, oh, you're really quiet. And that actually continued and has still continues throughout my whole life. And you're like, not a compliment. <laughs> right. Right. And it, you know, it, it always confused me as a kid because it just, that was just who I was. And mm -hmm. um, being in classrooms, I mentioned this before, but um. I went home and found a report card from, I don't know if it was high school or middle school. And the teacher wrote that I wasn't taking advantage of the class because I wasn't participating enough, um, mm. which made me really sad, like thinking about little you and, you know, it was like, oh, yeah. that sucks because it's not that I wasn't participating. I was just absorbing more than I was, you know, speaking and, um, learning the way that you learn, participating the way that you participate. Like, right. Yeah. And I think it's, I wish there was more, um, acceptance of that in schools, especially, um, you know, I, I, if I was called on to speak, of course I'd speak, or if I, you know, felt 
that I needed to share something, I would, my heart would be pounding in my chest, but, you know, um, but I, you know, I, as I've gotten older, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being super quiet. And I think a lot of the magic happens when you are quiet and you pay attention and you listen and, um, you reflect and yeah, yeah, I just think it's a superpower and, um, that it's okay. I don't, I don't think it's a flaw. And I'm, I'm sad sometimes to hear that, you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease and, you know, yeah. <laughs> my mom would say that to me so much as a kid and it really stuck with me because I was like, well, I'm not a squeaky wheel. Right. I guess I'm not getting any grease. Like, it's going to be overlooked. <laughs> right. So yeah. Um, so that's kind of where the name quiet creature came from. Um, just how I feel as a human being. <laughs> and I love that it's, you're rewriting that narrative for yourself. And, um, we talked about it earlier, but that book quiet, I yes. mean, it's sitting here in my living room. <laughs> I'm married to someone who's very quiet and I mm-hmm. am quite the opposite. And oftentimes I've, I've learned so much from being with someone who's a little bit more quiet. And I think, mm-hmm. I think it's a huge mistake for us in society to value one over the other. Cause they're both really valuable, right? Like, yes, yes. I, um, wow. I'm really curious if we can have a phrase that is not the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I know. And like, listen, that isn't like the meek shall inherit the earth. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. And my, my favorite saying is, you know, still waters run deep. And yes, that could oh, not that be more true. So true. And wait, we talked about this too earlier, but my grandmother, I spent a lot of time with her and she was this just quiet force and yeah. you could feel her mood change. It was frightening and amazing. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, you're like, oh, wow, the mood in here just dramatically changed there are um, other ways to take up space besides yeah yeah and she commanded a room without doing much wow. <laughs> you know so um it's a pretty powerful skill that's amazing yeah wow I just I love talking to you I feel like yeah, it's such too. a you know, I, I've been so lucky and I've had so many actors on on here and people you know doing sort of film and TV storytelling and it, mm-hmm. it means so much to get a glimpse into your world. So it's so oh, thank you. It's yeah. wonderful to talk about. It's yeah. Very, very enlightening for me too to, you know, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to do a little rapid fire? Yeah, let's do it. We'll do different ones. Okay. <laughs> or maybe some of the same. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be great. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite city that you visited? Oh, 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 maybe we didn't do this one. Um, my favorite city that I visited, I, I don't know if it counts as a city. Uh-huh. It's a, could it be an area? Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, I love Big Sur. That's Ugh. probably one of my favorite places to visit. It's just so magical Heaven. and it really, it forces you to slow down because you have very little cell service, um, and I, it's such a gift to be able to just put the phone away. Like that place is all about being in the moment. Um, yeah. And I, I don't, I can't really think of many other places I've been to that have that effect. Um, yeah. It's just totally magical. I love that place. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Big Sur, do you have a favorite tree? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> um, such a weird thing to have. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> 
Um, I love blue spruce. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I never seen one until I went to Portland kind of on a whim by myself a few years ago. Speaking of magical cities. Oh my gosh. That place, it did bring me to tears. I was driving around and driving up the gorge and yeah. mm-hmm. the fog just like sits on those trees. And it, I'd never seen anything like that before. And it just brought me to tears. It was yeah. so stunning. Have you, You've been there before? Oh yeah. I have a lot oh. of family in Oregon. Oh, are you talking about Portland, Maine? Oh no, Oregon. Okay, Oregon. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of family in Oregon, not in Portland necessarily, but like Hood River area mm-hmm. and um on both sides, the wet and the dry side. My grandparents are in like kind of the high desert area right on the Deschutes River. Oh wow. I just think Oregon is so beautiful. Oregon, Washington. Yeah. My parents, my dad is now in Washington, my stepmom, my brother, and it's just Pacific Northwest is pure magic. It it really, really is. I I love it there so much. Yeah. 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 What do you guys camp? You know, no, we have no camping gear, but we do love I know. to be outside. Yeah. <laughs> we I think if we didn't live here and had I mean, we could I don't know, you know how it is getting yeah. out of the city in New York. It's yeah, like, if you have a car, it's pretty much an entire day of, that sounds so whiny. Um, <laughs> no, but it's true. But it's true. It's really hard to leave the city. Um, that has been something that we've been so grateful for about living in LA is, you know, we didn't have a car in New York, no. but even if we did, like, it is so crazy to get out of New York City because either if you're in a car, there's traffic, or if you're taking trains, like, it doesn't really feel like a getaway. It feels like a commute to get to yeah. wherever you're going because you're with all these people. Whereas here, we're like, Oh, we can just the car. get in our car and literally go somewhere and just That's amazing with, you know, yeah. either by yourself or with us in this little aura bubble and we can stop when we want to and, you know, it's yeah. wild. That sounds wonderful. So you camp? <laughs> do you camp a lot? We don't camp and I'm like, gosh, we need to get into it. I mean, my family camps. I just feel mm-hmm. like I've been such a little city brat. <laughs> right? It's hard. It's hard I to know. think. It's like, what do you do? I know. I guess I could read about it. But. Yeah, we got to figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> do you have a favorite song? Oh, yes, I do. Um, when I was little, my dad would sing me uh, You Can Close Your Eyes by James Taylor. Ugh. And he would sing that to me to help me fall asleep with his guitar. That's and, so sweet. Yeah, and now at every show he does – my mom will send me a video of him. He closes the night with that song and dedicates it. It's so, I'm going to start crying. No, that is so <laughs> cute. Yeah. So that's my favorite oh. song. I love James Taylor and he reminds yeah. me of my dad. And yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> favorite meal in New York? Um, definitely cliche, but a slice of New York pizza. Straight up slice. Straight up slice two in the morning. <laughs> Fold it in half, um, grease, just, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> so good. That it just, you can't beat it. You can't yeah. beat it. Or a good meal, like an Italian meal in the Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. That's a, a good splurge. Yeah. I, I love the Lower East Side and the energy there. And, um, I love it too. Yeah, it's so uniquely New York. Mm-hmm. It still feels like. New York of your I love Nolita. I love to like oh, walk yeah. around Nolita and be like, oh my God, this is yeah. so cool. It, all the architecture and 
remembering to look up, you know, when mm-hmm. you're walking around. Mm-hmm. It's just the most amazing. It's an amazing city. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any, like, do you have, like, a talisman that you kind of like to have in your space when you're working or near your workspace? Oh, let me look around. <laughs> I'm, in my, my, I'm in my studio room right now. Um, talisman. I, I do have, um, I have rose quartz in my, oh, yeah. in our living room, um, which I really love. And I'm, st- I want to be the person that gets into crystals. I really, really do. I, I just, for some reason, can't sit here staring at a book on my coffee table that is oh. like all about crystals. And I'm like, maybe I should crack that open. <laughs> Learn it's a like, little. I have all these, actually the, the Daniel Kitson show, he was talking about that, how we yeah. keep these things as like hopeful, like, uh, aspirational objects. <laughs> and I think my crystals are definitely that. Um, yeah. A talisman, though. You know, I think my brushes. I have yeah, this yeah. just big mason jar of brushes um, that I should throw. Like, some of them are just dead. Like, they're right. totally dead. But I, I can't, I can't get rid of them. Yeah. And I, I like to have them by my side, and I like to look at them. And I, I think it just reminds me of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, um, yeah. I yeah. Think that must be it. <laughs> I love that. Oh, thanks. Three to five artists or, um, you know, forms of art that you feel have directly influenced your aesthetic? Oh, okay. Um, in my, well, I guess a crossover of my personal work and my illustration slash business side. Yeah. Um, I love Amy Sherald who did Michelle Obama's portrait. Mm -hmm. Um, she's incredible. I love her use of color and line. I think that really has had an impact on how I draw and how I see. Um, also, I love Frida Kahlo. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if I said Alice Neal. Um, I love Alice Neal. Yeah. Um, Jordan Castile, who's a, a younger artist um, who does beautiful portraiture. It, I think she's one of the best painters of our time. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, I love for my, well, an artist that really stops you in your tracks. I saw her work for the first time when I was in high school and it it just was one of the first pieces that literally just stopped me. Yeah. Uh, Kara Walker, um, Mm. her work is so heavy and important and I, I just admire her so much as an artist and she's just life goals. She's amazing. (laughs) Um, and then the traditionals, Van Gogh, you know, his story, I'm reading his letters to his brother right now, and Ugh. they're just so, you know, you see how much he struggled and how much his career changed in his short lifespan and um, how he's a human just like everybody else. But, you know, over time, his work has been, his work and his story have been twisted and glorified. And yeah. um, he really was just a person, an artist, creative, struggling with all the creative things that we struggle with too. Right, right. I, I love those little insights. Um, and then with me, with music, music's such a huge part of my work. Um, yeah. I love St. Vincent. Ugh, so she good. Just like, oh my gosh. She just like amps me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, her lyrics just hit you so hard and they're so poetic. And I was going to say, speaking of poetry, I always yeah. find her stuff to be so poetic to listen to. Absolutely. And I, I really 
I like her as a person too. I, I don't know her personally, but she sounds really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, just one of those people like, wow, I, I'd really like to talk to you. Um, uh, well, who else? Jenny Lewis. I love. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, female musicians that just kind of break I the feel, mold. Yeah. And like tell a story with everything, with their whole like, you know, their whole aesthetic visually, um, you know, orally all of it. I, I can relate to that, that taste for yeah. sure. And also with those musicians too. And like Phoebe Bridgers, um, I sound so crazy, but I, sometimes I see colors, like not, that's not, not crazy at all. <laughs> like I, I see <laughs> gifts probably that you have that's special. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Ridiculous. Um, but I see, a, I see the story play out in my mind, almost like a film. Um, do you get that when you listen to music and like, um, I don't get that when I listen to music, I get, um, like a, an emotional landscape. Hmm come okay. to me almost yeah. like similar to like acting like how oh cool I don't know I get, but I have lately I've been listening to because I've been so into the Dolly Parton um oh Parton yeah program. yeah so into like early country and like some like kind of like Appalachian music and that oh, definitely yeah. tells a story and I get the story but no it tends to be like um Wow, this is fascinating. I actually want to ask everyone now how they yeah. digest music, but it is, <laughs> totally. yeah, it's like um, emotional body feelings, I think, when I listen wow. to music. And it's similar to how you are on a set or, yeah. In a, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. But wow. then here you are seeing color, the painter <laughs> yeah. is seeing color. Wait, yeah. I want to hear more about that. That's amazing. Uh, I don't think it's anything like synesthesia or is that what it is or? No, that's yeah, I think that's right. I think so. I don't have anything like like where I actually see the color. I just right. um, it's a feeling. It's a feeling that I translate to color. Um, yeah, that's I've never really thought about that. But that's when so I listen cool. to yeah, when I listen to music, it's so visual to me. Like even if I'm painting something else, I'm thinking about like the room where that person's sitting and what the colors of the walls are, right. like things like that. It's so weird. Anyway. <laughs> Do you notice that you're drawn to certain colors during like certain periods of time? Absolutely. Um, I did a lot of work a few years ago during the bomb cyclone in mm -hmm. New York, um, which was where we had a huge snowstorm and the, the temperature plummeted mm -hmm. and you just couldn't go outside. Um, mm -hmm. And I made this whole series of just using grays, like, Whoa. Layering the body, like there were figures and then the body was layered with blues and very, very light uh, shades of peach and the background was all shades of gray that was layered and um, yeah, it totally, I, I go through seasons of color <laughs> for sure. Wow. Um, I think I'm still in my personal work, I'm still in that kind of gray phase. I, for some reason, I'm really drawn to this certain type of gray. Don't know why. Wow. We'll figure that out later. Yeah, we will. <laughs> um, what are some of your favorite haunts in Brooklyn? Um, there's a bar called Lucky Dog. Um, and we go there purely because uh, you can bring your dog. We don't have a dog, <laughs> but we desperately want one. Um, so we go and hang out with other people's dogs, like that's so, um, <laughs> so that's, that's 
probably our favorite place to go. I also love um, Domino Park, which is fairly new. So new, so beautiful. Yeah, and um, in the summertime, after working all day, I'll go down there and take a book and just read and watch, you know, what's going on around me. And um, such a gift. I, I am so grateful for that space. And yeah. I try to go to parks as much as I can. I love trees. And um, yeah. Prospect Park is probably one of my top favorite places in the whole city. So pretty. Yeah, it really is. So cool. I love that. Yeah. Oh. Um, holidays are coming up. What oh, are yeah. some of your favorite holiday traditions? Well, I've, I got a tree for our apartment this year. It's really small. Little Charlie um, Brown tree. Little Charlie. I named him Carl. Um, uh-huh. Cause he just, he kept leaning over. I didn't tell you this. He kept leaning over. He just looked so sad. Oh, you're a Carl. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I got like the multicolored lights and um, cleaned up the apartment, put up some twinkly lights, some other places and put on the Charlie Brown Christmas record and had a glass of wine. And that was like peak holiday experience for me. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. And what about well, you, you mentioned yours too? Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. No, we <laughs> we were sitting here and I was like, let's get a tree. Cause I feel like, you know, it's when you're a kid, holidays are one way. Mm-hmm. And then once there are kids in the family, that kind of comes back. But we're in that in between. We're the children, but we're. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, too. I, it's funny because you're like, uh, you know, holiday becomes about like consumerism and like stress with traveling and like getting everyone gifts and kind of the magic is gone. And I just remember decorating the tree as a kid was like, it was a damn event. Like, (laughs) hey, we're doing it today. The tree is here. Like everyone go in the garage, get the boxes down. No one's going to anyone's house after school. We're all going to be here at this time and we're going to decorate the tree. And so I've been kind of being like, how do I bring this back? Like we only get so many holiday seasons in this lifetime. Yeah. Really. I mean, you get annoyed with hearing the music. Like John the other day was like, oh God, this is on. And I was like, we only have so we have to more. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> so many more Christmases in our life. Like yeah. we need to listen. But um, so we went and got a little faux tree and they were totally sold out of all the faux trees um at the target that we went to and they let us have the display one, which is bonus because we got yeah. a little discount. And it was also so funny to see John just carrying this white tree. <laughs> and the guy on the top floor was like, yeah, I can just sell you this one. And then we get down to the register and the woman was like, um, I, so I think that's the display. We were like, yeah, I know it is. <laughs> we're, allowed, we're allowed to have it. We're taking um, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we got a little tree here and you know, just trying to stay stay in the, in the goodness of it. And I feel like, um, I'm really trying to just focus on relaxing into the holidays this year and just enjoying family. Cause I feel like it can be such a time as a creative where you're like, uh, like if you haven't achieved everything you've wanted to achieve, then you feel guilty or not good oh, about oh, yes. resting, yeah. which resting in general is difficult for artists. I feel. Yes. It's so, yeah, I feel very guilty taking yeah. that time. Yeah, for sure. It's really hard. But you have to, or else I don't. It, it, yeah, just we were saying that drawing can be considered a leisure activity. Yeah, totally. Um, but it's actually super taxing, and um, not to make it sound super dramatic, but no, but damn, it's work. It is work, um, and it's very intense focus. And sometimes I'll draw so much, you know, getting work done, and I, I hit a wall where I like 
it's like my body malfunctions. I can't draw. Like Mm -hmm. my eye is just not communicating to my hand anymore. And I just have to put it away. You have to take a break. Yeah. I'm not seeing the relationships between like the nose and the eye. And like, it's so weird that it just shuts off. Um, So that rest is super important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're about to be in a new decade. 2020. Oh my it's gosh. crazy. No. <laughs> what what do you want to have happen for your business, for your personal art, for you know, creative goals? What can we hold space for for you in 2020? Oh, that's really sweet. Um uh we mentioned it already, but an agent would be yes. awesome. Um and I'm not sure how that works with the kind of work that I do, but it would be lovely to yeah. ha- have someone kind of be my um, my strong man, um, mm-hmm. when talking to clients and, totally. uh, <laughs> it feels very, um, bratty isn't the right word, but I, I do feel a little guilty wanting that, but I, I do think it's important anyway. Yeah, uh, important. <laughs> um, so that's one thing I would also love to do more, uh, mural work. I've really yeah. enjoyed that. And I, um, it's a huge challenge, but I, it's cool to see your work come to life on that big scale. And, I would love to do more of that. Um, I've worked with musicians in the past and I have such a passion for music. And um, I, do you know the artist Valerie June? No. Oh, she, oh, if you, if you're into Appalachian music right now and um, oh gosh, she is just the most June? wonderful like person. Like the month? Yes. Valerie. Yes. June. Okay. She's amazing. I love her music. She's also a wonderful person. She lives in Brooklyn and, um, we've gotten to hang out and I just love her so much um, to do more work for musicians um, that I believe in and I'm passionate yeah. about and like posters and album art, um, which I've done a little bit of. I've done some mm-hmm. music video, uh, like uh, time-lapse music videos for musicians. And um, that sounds so cool. It's so much fun. Um, my partner and I actually, he's really good with computer stuff and um, he's figured out Final Cut Pro and, so I did some images for him for a lyric video and he put it all together and it was just like, Oh, this is so cool to like That's amazing. bring these stories to life in a different way. Um, so I'd love to do more of that too. Yeah. And then personal work. I have a children's book idea, which I would love to see come into the world at some so point. So exciting. Thanks. Yeah. So oh, I would love to, to do that. Um, and then painting wise, um, get a little more serious about it and not serious, but, you know, dedicate the time that it deserves. Yeah. And get back into oil painting, which is my first love. And, um, you know, it's tough in the city because studios are really expensive and oil is not the most apartment friendly Mm -hmm. material. Um, Mm -hmm. But there are ways to paint at home without, you know, causing a fire or something like that. Um, So I'm I'm trying to research that, but uh, to paint with oil again would be just the best. Oh, that's so exciting. Thanks Paige. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what is something that you think all creatives listening need to hear? It's usually something that you need to hear yourself. My, my biggest thing would sometimes being a creative can feel like a selfish endeavor. um, Mm. And I struggle with that with, you know, I should be doing something that helps people yeah. in a more one-on-one direct way, like contribute to society mm-hmm. in this way. And is art totally self-serving? And 
I have to be reminded that, you know, it's the world needs that creative energy, especially right now. And whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's in film, film especially, I think is so important right now, just telling stories that need to be heard. And um, having women behind the camera, I could go on a whole, we could talk forever yeah. about that. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but uh, just the importance of art and um, there'll be so many people in your life, whether it's friends or parents or you know whoever telling you that your voice doesn't matter creatively. And um, you just have to remember that you are needed. That energy is so needed right now. And the look on people's faces when they see someone doing art or you make something for them, it's just, it, it's the most genuine, warm energy. Um, and it's such a like basic human, you know, connection yeah. with someone. The and act of creation is, it's like, Right. That's it. Holy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's our foundation, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think to remember to tell that voice to quiet down mm -hmm. that's criticizing you and um, to just listen to that fire that's inside of you, you know, it's there for a reason and, yep. you know, you were given that gift for a reason and don't give up on it. It's, you know, the world needs it. Oh, I'm not going to start crying. I'm not going I know. I needed to hear that so badly today. I mean, I need to hear it like every day, but yeah. it is. And I had a friend, I was talking, having a deep convo with a friend last night and we were, mm -hmm. she was like, wow, isn't like it amazing that TV and what we do, like it, it's, it documents history. Yeah. Like, even oh, gosh, fictional, yeah. like, you know, art, all kinds of art is documenting mm -hmm. history. Yes. It might not be fully factual, but it's documenting the feelings and the themes and the colors and the trends of, yes. of the time. And isn't that so special? Yeah, it is. Oh my gosh. It gives me goosebumps. Just, yeah. Especially with all the amazing television happening right now and amazing Man. portrait artists. Like, yes. I think people want to see the, the realness and um, yeah, I think these um, different artistic formats are really diving into it. And I'm so excited that they are because it's great. And uh, yeah. yeah well, sure. we know your Instagram is quiet creature, but where can everybody find you? You guys, Jane is amazing. And I don't want to, I said before, <laughs> I don't want to bog you down too much with holidays no. as a creator who kind of does bespoke stuff. It can be a little bit crazy around the holidays, oh. but she does beautiful portraits, couple portraits, pet portraits. She has her own work available for sale that these would be the most beautiful gifts and probably something you just want to own yourself. So where can everybody find you, get in contact with you, follow along with your journey? Oh, thank you, Paige. That's so nice. Um, you can uh, go to my website, which is www.quiet-creature.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Um, feel free to send me a message through my website. That'll go right to my email. Um, yeah, if you just want to talk about art too, I, I love, I get questions about process or, you know, I'm, I'm always so excited to talk to people about any questions they have too, about, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you just want to talk, that's fine too. <laughs> well, you are just the loveliest soul and oh. such a great talent. And I was so, so excited to have you on this podcast because, um, 
I just, I, I love the way that you're approaching life and art and I find it so inspiring. And I really want this to be a space for all creatives, all storytellers, all entrepreneurs, because we're all coming from the same source, whether yeah. we're acting, painting, um, starting a business, whatever. And I know that your story is going to inspire so many people. So thank you mm-hmm. so much for thank your you time for and love. And thank you for doing a second interview. Oh, I mean, we could keep going. I, I we love actually talking could. to you. I know. I, we really need to connect. I know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll make this happen. I, I know I'll will. be in LA soon, so I'll, I'll reach out. Yes. I can't wait um, to see you. Thank you so, so much. Thank for you, Paige. This. Thank you. This was so wonderful. Friends, thank you so much for tuning into the Blank Page Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to the show, rate, review, and if you have a friend you think might benefit from these conversations, let him know about it. Spread the word. Let's create a community where we lift each other up, support each other through the shitty times, and celebrate each other's wins. Please let me know if there's any way that I can support you in your journey. Thanks so much for listening and have a beautiful day.